Shabbat Shalom. The Torah reading for this week's parasha is Shalat Lakah, which means send out. It is taken from the book of Numbers, chapter 13, verse 1 through chapter 15, verse 41. Now here we see a brutally honest account of Israel's faults, the murmuring, complaining, stubbornness, rebellion, and the punishment suffered by them. We also see both the kindness and the severity of Adonai. And if we observe closely, we will see stern warnings and wonderful blessings for us even today. Now, Adonai spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am given to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man everyone a leader among Israel. Moses sent out the spies into the land of Canaan at the command of Adonai. The 12 spies explored the land of Canaan for 40 days and then returned to the Israeli camp. All of them agreed that Canaan was a good and fruitful land, but 10 out of the 12 gave a bad and fearful report suggesting that conquest would be impossible. The 10 unbelieving spies illustrates many believers today. They have spied out their inheritance in Messiah and have even tasted of some of the fruits of his blessings. But their unbelief keeps them from entering in by faith. Now, Israel already knew the name of the pagan nations that lived in the land. And it was, and that it was a good and rich land. They saw the incredible fruit of the land and brought back a huge cluster of grapes for the people to see and taste. They even visit Hebron where the patriarchs of Israel were buried. Now this should have been to them a reminder of the faith of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. But for 10 out of the 12, it wasn't enough. Sadly, the people believed the discouraging minority report and rejected the encouragement from Joshua and Caleb. In chapter 14, that night, the people began complaining against Adonai, Moses, Aaron, Joshua, and Caleb. They asked, did the Lord bring us to this new land just to be killed in war? They said the enemy will kill us and take our wives and our children. It would be better for us to go back to Egypt. Now, this was a renunciation of the authority of Moses and flat out rebellion against God. And it seemed from Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 17, that they had appointed another leader whose direction, who under their, his direction, they were about to return to their bondage in Egypt. How astounding that the Israeli people, the chosen people of God, had totally lost sight of their high calling and of the power and goodness of Adonai. Moses, Aaron, Joshua, and Caleb all attempted to reason with the people, but to no avail. Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the Lord. 
Caleb and Joshua tore their clothes in sadness, indignation, and holy dread when they saw the unbelief of the people and considered the prospect of God's judgment, which they saw ready to break out on the nation. The people began talking about stoning Moses, Aaron, Joshua, and Caleb to death. At that moment, the Lord appeared in glory at the tabernacle and asked, how long, how much longer should he be expected to tolerate the people's contempt and unbelief? God's suggestion was that he destroy the nation and make Moses the patriarch of a new and greater nation. But Moses humbly but strongly interceded on behalf of Israel. His request in one word was pardon. Now, Adonai pardoned, honored Moses' plea for mercy, but he also decreed that this entire generation was to wander and eventually perish in the wilderness. It would be a 40-year wandering, a day for each correction, a year for each day of spying. Now, the most profound lesson here for us is this. That the unbeliever's unbelief is his own undoing. And that it is possible to escape Egypt and yet miss Canaan. Everyone 20 years and older would die in the wilderness except for Caleb and Joshua. Even Moses was not allowed to enter the land of promise. As for the 10 unbelieving spies, they were struck with the plague and died. The next day, the Israelis were recklessly trying to accomplish God's work apart from God's counsel or his leading. Moses warned them, but they ignored his warning. The men advanced to the ridge of the hill country and the enemy defeated them. This whole venture was presumption on Israel's part. They were living by the counsel of men and not by faith in God. Chapter 15, there were five basic offerings. The burn offering, the grain offering, the peace offering, the sin offering, and the guilt offering. Now, the burn and the special vial offering, the Israelis were instructed to offer two quarts of fine flour mixed with about a quart of oil. And a portion of this was placed on the altar while the rest would be given to the priests. The worshiper also brought a quart of wine, which the priest poured out at the base of the altar where the blood of the sacrifice was poured. Believers today in Yeshua can easily see in the fine flower a picture of Messiah, the bread of life, who in his suffering offered himself to God for us as a sweet smelling aroma. We see all as a symbol of the Holy Spirit and the wine reminds us of the joy of the Lord. Here we have a short story of a Sabbath breaker and his dreadful punishment by the Lord for the gathering of sticks on the Sabbath. Lord, have mercy and please incline our hearts to keep your law. Now in closing, A word from God can lead, deliver, 
defeat our enemies, save and heal. Messiah is the word of God. He is the full counsel of God the Father. We should never allow anyone to separate us from the will, the word, the counsel of God. Our battle is to fight the good fight of faith in Messiah. Shabbat shalom.